Welcome to episode 52, Patrick Willis of The Channel Plan. My name is Kyle Posey. I'm joined as always by radio superstar, Akash. Akash, what up, man? How you doing? What's up, KP? A little, little overhyped there. All good, though. <laughs> Finally, the first week of preseason football. We're going to have football till basically after the Super Bowl, right? So we've got football through February, and it starts this week. Starts on Saturday for the 49ers as they take on the Chiefs. First time most fans get to see Trey Lance play live. You excited? Yeah, man. It'll be fun. And I think I'm more excited for a week from Wednesday because they go to Los Angeles and you get joint practices against somebody else because we heard um, earlier this week when the 49ers practiced on um, Tuesday, I believe it was, a little scuffle broke out between you know Kevin Givens and Lakin Tomlinson, and then it was Drake Greenlaw and Elijah Mitchell. And that's a good thing to me. That's just, you know, you see the guys getting tired of each other, tired of going against the same person for two weeks in a row. So get to see a different color jersey. So the preseason will be fun because we'll see them in live action. But I think the joint practices will be even more fun. And hopefully we get we get some action out of there. So let's uh let's talk about the depth chart with the preseason coming out here. The 49ers released their first unofficial depth chart and uh, the coaches don't put these together. It's definitely coming from a PR person or an intern, but it doesn't look you know, too far off. Yeah, it looks uh, it looks pretty solid. So let's start on offense. Um, no real surprises for me. You have the offensive line, which is pretty straightforward. The receivers, quarterbacks. Um, it does look like Richie James and Trent Sherfield probably should be swapped because just based on what we've seen um, – you wouldn't expect that. Well, just James hasn't been as consistent as Trent Sherfield, who is a camp superstar, baby. And speaking of, we have Rob Guerrero, our producer. I don't want to call him out here, but he <laughs> he kind of he kind of compared the two. Said uh, Trent Sherfield is getting that Trent Taylor hype because if you remember, every year ever, Trent Taylor, when he is healthy or when he was healthy. Um, he's just, you know, a baller at training camp. That was the case last year where Jamar, Jamar Taylor didn't stand a chance. And you thought that Trent Taylor was going to catch 100 passes. Obviously, that did not happen. Uh, Sherfield looks really good, though. When, when you looked at the offensive side of the ball when the depth chart came out, did anything stand out to you? Just a couple things. Uh, Aaron Banks was listed as the second string right guard. We had kind of talked all offseason like, hey, 49ers spent a second round pick on this big physical guard. Is he going to start at right guard? And then you look and it's Dan Brunskill. We were hoping Dan Brunskill would maybe get more time in that center um, as well to get some more experience there and could be like the backup center and Banks would grab hold of that right guard spot. But uh, sounds like he hasn't yet, obviously based on the depth chart and just kind of the way he's played so far in training camp. The other thing is I would probably flip-flop Jalen Hurd and Juwan Jennings. Um, I think they're listed kind of together um, as third-string receivers, but I would put Jennings above Hurd probably. Kyle Shanahan spoke about Jalen Hurd um, on Tuesday and didn't speak very glowingly considering he's been missing a bunch of time during camp with various ailments as a result of his injuries. So those two things definitely stood out. And then the Trent Sherfield, Richie James thing that you already mentioned. Uh, Trent Sherfield, the 49ers social media main account, they posted a video yesterday of him going up and Randy Mossing 
I forget who. I think it was Diamador Lenoir. And just because Sherfield wears 81, he kind of had the same uh, like fit drip that Antonio Brown would normally wear. And he kind of walked the Uh-oh. same way after the catch. I saw, and I was like, does he look like Antonio Brown to me? And then I saw Will Blackman, former NFL corner, or yeah, NFL corner. He said the same thing too. He's like, the guy kind of looks like Antonio Brown. Not saying that's what Trent Sherfield's going to be, but you know, Rob thinks he's going to be like Trent Taylor. I think he's going to be like Antonio Brown. Reality probably somewhere between. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about two opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say. He's got a wide range to uh, live between, but not not many surprises on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and and like always, you know, when, when they do drop the depth chart, I always find it hilarious because fans just get enraged. They're like, how is this oh, yeah. guy a second-string player? And it's like, guys, it's like some PR intern that's probably putting it together. And it's not like reviewed by Kyle and McDaniel. and uh, prob- Kyle Ryan, Shannon probably right? has no idea that the depth chart was released last night. <laughs> probably. Probably. He, he probably has no idea. So... You know, moving along to the defensive side of the ball, any surprises there for you? Well, I want to talk about Aaron Banks because he is a second-round pick and not a lot of people have had an opportunity to see, so they're probably wondering why in the world is this second-round investment not ahead of Daniel Brunskill? And honestly, he hasn't done anything to prove that he should be above Daniel Brunskill. So it's not like he's bad. Sure, he misses a block here and there, but I would just say he hasn't done enough to warrant that starting spot yet. So um, he has to earn it. And Mike McDaniel said that they're going to all get you know equal reps. So we'll see eventually if Banks works with the starters. But so far, it's been Compton. Um, but largely, it's been Brunskill. So we're seeing we've only seen one practice where uh, Tom Compton has unseated Brunskill as RG1. But outside of that, um, it, it's looking like it's going to be Brunskill and sticking sticking with um, that Jalen Hurd topic because that's another guy everybody wants to know about. Uh, if you don't practice, you don't play. And Wes Welker kind of said that on Monday. And then on Tuesday, obviously, Shanahan was asked about Jalen Hurd and if there was any update on him. And he said, I know he's battling back from a serious injury. Um, and we know the potential he has and the upside on how much we think he can help us. But um, he's got to show that. And, you know, there's not a lot of time left. But Hopefully he can get in a groove where he has a chance to go out there and play some football and give himself a chance to make this team. Again, if he's not out there, you know, they need to make time's running out. Like they need him to practice. They need him to play because he hasn't done anything to warn Ross by. You have Juwan Jennings, you have Trent Sherfield, you have Muhammad Sanu. He's not going to make the team over those guys. So if they had to make a decision today, he's probably not on the roster. And it's going to upset a lot of people because of the hype that has been surrounding Jalen Hurd. But again, I mean, you can't trust a guy when, you know, it's August 11 and he still is being like slow rolled into the team stuff. He still has, he has like one catch in about two weeks of training camp, which is an issue. So um, as much as we've hyped this guy up, I, I understand why there's pause. I was going to say, so normally the 49ers in the past under Kyle Shanahan have kept six wide receivers. So if we just run down the list, we think that's going to be Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, uh, Trent Sherfield, Juwan Jennings. We're at four. Mohamed Sanu, that's five. And then there's like this sixth spot that's kind of um, open for the taking. And that's where, is it like Reggie James? Is it Jalen Hurd? Is it somebody else uh, potentially that can step up? in that spot. Um, 
but that's concerning. Yeah, so Richie James, he has not been consistent. It seems like he drops an important pass every day of practice, but he offers special teams value and he plays. So if anything, that special teams value would probably boost him over Hurd. So if the season, again, like as of today, I would have Hurd on the outside looking in, which, again, it, it's a lot. It seems like a lot based on everything that we want to see, but uh, you, you, we have to practice. So before we hopped on here, before we get to the defense, you asked a good question. Is there a chance that the 49ers keep two QBs over a deep defensive line? Because there are a lot of guys who deserve to make this roster. Do you think that there is, do you think that that can happen? I do think this, this year they only keep two quarterbacks on the 53 man roster. You know, as you know, under Kyle Shanahan last season, they kept three quarterbacks. And I think that's primarily COVID related. Um, you know, just in case anything had happened to one of those guys last year, they would have other bodies and they don't run into a Kendall Hinton, Denver Broncos type situation. But this year, slightly different. There's two quarterbacks that are head, you know, head and shoulders above the rest in Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. And I do think they need that roster spot elsewhere, whether it's along the defensive line, like you mentioned, maybe in the safety room with some of the injuries uh, or the, you know, with cornerbacks. There's, there's that roster spot would be more, valuable elsewhere on the roster than it would be to for like Nate Sudfeld. And you brought up the point that he does have, you know, $252,000 guaranteed in his contract. So if they were to cut him, uh, they would eat that money and then they would have to re-sign him to a practice squad contract, assuming he like clears waivers and things. But we've got problems if they can't eat 250, you know, $2,000 guaranteed on the salary cap. And if obviously, you know, you never want to talk about injuries, but if Jimmy G and Trey Lance were to go down, who cares after that? The season's like, cooked what, anyways. Yeah. yeah, it's there's no way you're relying on a third quarterback. You have an emergency quarterback in Richie James or in Kyle Juszczyk. But just let's get to the D-line because looking at these names, a lot of guys should make the team. So Eric Armstead, that's one. Javon Kinlaw, two. Nick Bosa, three. DJ Jones, four. And then D Ford, Kentavious Street, who, you know, I don't know, but after that, and this is just going based on the depth chart, but after that, Kevin Givens, he's going to make it. Mo Hurst, he's been better than Street and Givens. Zach Kerr, probably a bubble kind of guy. If Jordan Willis wasn't suspended for six games, they yeah, would have a roster. really, really hard time. Yeah, really difficult decision to make there. But, I mean, there's just so many names on this roster. Uh, Arden Key, obviously you have Samson Ebicom. I don't know who you're taking off because when you watch them practice and sure, this could be going against, you know, the backup offensive line, but a lot of these guys are making plays. A lot of these guys are winning. So I have, a, I mean, we're going to see it during the, uh, during the preseason game where uh, the, the second team defensive line is going to embarrass a lot of people. So uh, I don't know what they do here, man, because I don't know who I'm taking off that list. I was going to say, so if it cut any one of those guys you just named, right? Obviously, they're not touching the you know the top four guys, Armstead, Kinlaw, Jones, Bosa. They're not going to touch Ford Street, Givens, Ebicom. It's it's going to come down to Hurst, Kerr, and Arden Key, I think. Um, like one of those guys is on the bubble and they're going to get cut. And obviously, I don't think any of those guys are going to clear waivers once they do get cut. I feel like they get they just get picked up by some other team. So that's where... If I were the 49ers and you're doing this giant puzzle, I would just save the roster spot for a quarterback, cut Sudfeld, and keep one of those guys who's just a better player than 
you know, Sudfeld brings more value to the team at his respective position than Sudfeld does to his. Maybe with the um, the new practice squad, well, not new because they're carrying it over from last year, they can kind of get around that with the quarterback and just bring Nate Sudfeld up on game days. But, I mean, if you were to watch practice and you had no idea who number 96 was, you would think he's a starter. Or 98, you would think he's a starter. I mean, same with 96. So that's Hurst and Key. And if I'm going to take a, a chance on somebody with him maybe not making the roster, not clearing waivers, it'd probably be Contavious Street just because he has the least amount of film. And some of these other guys are quote unquote bigger names and just higher draft picks. So they probably have a better reputation, but um, yeah, uh, all of those players are very, very good. So moving on to linebacker, um, Aziz Alshire, he has progressed a lot quicker than you would have thought. So in practice, I think it was last Wednesday, he went down and everything stopped and people thought that, oh, his season's done because he was grabbing his knee. And on Tuesday, just uh, last Tuesday, he was up and he was practicing on the sideline. So that is a good sign. He will be back. But outside of that, you have Fred Warner, obviously going to make the roster. Demetrius Flanagan Foles, who uh, backed yeah, up outside. Any, any questions that Warner, you know, is he on the bubble <laughs> or anything like that? So uh, Jordan Elliott, who's been on the ground for us, uh, he just wrote that he feels like uh, Warner still isn't getting his due because – he just makes plays all over the place. It's really wild to see, man, that um, I still think he's just getting better and better. But anyway, yeah, we don't have to spend any time on Warner. He will make the roster. Breaking news. Brett not. <laughs> I know. Uh, so we have Warner. We have Al Shire. We have Dre Greenlaw. And then you have Demetrius Flanagan-Foles and the legend in the making, Jonas Griffith, who uh, I don't know where he came from, but he looks really good, man. And I And I hope that that carries into preseason because as a practice player, he looks very, very good, but those are the main guys there, but outside of him. Um, so Marcel Harris and D'Amico Ryan's actually talked about this, where um, his versatility is going to be factored in because he can play both linebacker and safety. So I think he would make the roster. It'll come down between him and Jonas Griffith. Um, if they choose not to, you know, select or not to just pick another safety, because uh, Jaquaski Tart, he is going to be out for a while. So uh, he was on the side working on practice on Tuesday, but Kyle Shannon afterwards said, Not moving very fast right now. I mean, he hasn't been out there. I know he missed the time with COVID. And, um, you know, I don't know how long he's going to stay on pup, but I don't, I don't see him coming back soon right now. So let's just act like he is not going to play anytime soon. And you also have Tony Jefferson, who suffered a groin and a hamstring strain, which is not a good sign. So he's going to be out for a few weeks. The 49ers worked out four veteran safeties. Uh, ha ha, Clinton Dix is probably the biggest name. Um, Andrew Sandejo, I saw. Yep. Um, they, a few guys, Clayton Gathers. Uh, I forget the other guy off the top of my head, but none of those guys are really, you know, moving they the, don't needle move the needle at this point. Yeah. yeah, they're free agents for a reason. Um, right. That's where the draft pick, you know, Talano Hufanga really comes into play the day three pick. And, you know, you and I remember we were on the Zoom call with him after he got drafted and he was just passionate about making this roster and thankful for being drafted. And it was kind of a breath of fresh air. And I remember early in camp, I remember seeing pictures on social media. He was one of the first guys out there, I think. And maybe it, maybe he's exceeded his expectations so far. And looks like he's going to make the 53-man roster given the injuries to Tart, injuries to Jefferson. So that's a surprise. Also, thank God they signed Tavon Wilson. Uh, yeah. Where would they which, be without him? 
Yeah, because he's going to be their starting strong safety come week one, right? Yeah, if not for Tavon Wilson, it would be Hufanga. So if Jefferson wasn't hurt, like if he weren't hurt, uh, Hufanga would still be over him on the depth chart. And I think, I think when so, people yeah. saw Tart mention or when people saw that Tart was going down, uh, I saw a few people say, oh, Tony Jefferson season. And nope, he looks like he cannot run. He has been one of the big reasons that the second team, Trey Lance, has been able to hit a bunch of big plays. Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe it was just him wearing 41 because he did switch to 25. But Tony Jefferson did not look like, you know, the Tony Jefferson that we're used to seeing. And, of course, he didn't play football last year. But I think it's uh, we do need to make that point and bring it up that he's not the Tony Jefferson of old. And a lot of people want to know about him, like what's going on. But Hufunga just looks better. And I think there's no other way to um, to put it right now. So uh, it was interesting to see Jared Maiden ahead of Tony Jefferson as well, even though they are playing different positions. But, yeah, no Tart. So Tavon Wilson and Hufunga. And then I think that's where uh, Marcel Harris can kind of sneak into uh, the roster. And, you know, he, he'd be an emergency safety anyway, but – uh, he it'd be more so for special teams. Curious what happens when Kwaski Tart does come back from injury because typically the 49ers like to keep four safeties. So say they keep, you know, Jimmy Ward, Jared Maiden, Hufanga, and Wilson, and then you bring up Kwaski Tart at some point in the season. Where who do you cut at that point to you know add Tart to the roster? If I I think that's gonna be interesting. Right, they're obviously not gonna cut Hufanga, the young guy. So yeah, right, sure. it would it would be Maiden. So he he's playing more free safety and. I mean, he just with Jefferson, he's he's usually on the the wrong end of the big play. So um, I don't, I really don't think Maiden's the main thing to make the roster so far. And obviously that can change because Jefferson could get healthy, Maiden could make plays during the preseason. Who knows? But so far, um, he really hasn't done anything to to make you feel comfortable uh, to be on the field when the defense comes. So speaking of feeling comfortable, thank God that Emmanuel Mosley is back because every time they seem to target him, he makes a play. He had an interception on Tuesday. He also broke up a pass against Debo Samuel on the third and goal. But that seems to be the the overlying theme whenever the ball is thrown to him. Like Mosley is making plays, which was not the case when whoever was opposite Jason Brett, whether that was the rookies, Ambry Thomas and Diamador Lenore or a veteran like Ken Webster. So um, thankfully, Mosley is back because they needed him and needed him desperately. Let's talk about the preseason. So Chiefs, 49ers on Saturday. What are you looking forward to see? Right before I answer your question, the last thing on that depth chart that you and I hit on last night when we saw a drop was the punt returner. They finally named, at least the you know the PR staff named Brandon Ayuk the starting punt returner. And as a result, I was looking at some punt return stats. The longest punt return they had last season was 20 yards, and that was Trent Taylor. They haven't had a punt return touchdown under Kyle Shanahan ever. Uh, I think the last one they had was back in 2012, I want to say. So it's been a long time. So I think Brandon Ayuk, if he's able to take a hold of that role, will have a significantly higher impact next season. And I know you're hyped about that. Yeah, man. I I think it's simple. So you said that you know, he's never had a punt return for a touchdown. The one, I believe it was, the one punt return, or I think he had two punt returns last year. He averaged 26 yards. Um, he, But one of them was 16 yards. So, and I forgot what happened on the other one, but if he has space, he is going to make plays. Ayuk is a strong guy. I, think, I don't think he gets enough credit for being difficult to tackle. Of course, he's fast. Of course, he's an athlete, but... Being able to run through arm tackles as a punt returner 
And if you just watch him in Arizona State, he was a very, very special punt returner. So I'm glad they made this decision. If it's only for like high leverage situations when the offense is punting out of their end zone or when the offense has or just backed up in general, there's nothing wrong with that. Have Richie James go back and fair catch it if you want or have whoever you want to go back and fair catch it. But let IU get a chance, get the ball in your hand, your playmaker's hands. To me, that should be the goal. And he's going to give them a scenario where you get to be in the plus field, plus situation. So a lot of people are worried about injuries and I mean, he, he's going to go over the middle all the time. So he has a chance to get hurt there. Uh, some other people are worried about um, just him not having enough energy or being out of breath when it comes to the offense. These guys are in phenomenal shape. They are top tier athletes. They're professional athletes. One in second punt season. return. Yeah, yeah. One punt return. Yeah. He's a kid. He's fresh. Yeah. <laughs> one punt return is not going to wear him out. So um, I'm not worried about that at all. So, yeah, you know, it doesn't bother me. I'm, I'm actually glad that. You know they're trying to get their best players on the field. Hundred percent goal of the sport. They're starting um field position has not been good the last couple of years. So it's very simple: get the ball in your best player's hands. So, yep, glad you brought that up. Don't think there should be um any sort of decision because he is the best guy, and they talked about that, and they're aware of that. But yeah, let's let's talk about the preseason because you do have the Chiefs coming up, and I don't know what to expect. We're probably not going to see the starters for more than a series, but. I mean, you're not tuning in to watch Jimmy Garoppolo in the preseason. Let's be honest. You're tuning in to watch the number three overall pick, Trey Lance. Uh, Whatever he does, there's going to be overreactions. If he throws an interception, people are going to hate it. If he throws a touchdown, people are going to think that he should start. There's going to be no middle ground here. Uh, What are you looking forward to seeing? A couple things. So you hit on it. Uh, Trey Lance, Uh, you've been down at training camp. You've seen him play live, I think. A bunch of us who just haven't been at practice or, uh, you know, weren't wasn't at the stadium for the open practice, just haven't seen Trey Lance play, right? And then I think that's going to be fascinating. Kyle Shanahan spoke on Tuesday. He didn't necessarily mention what the playing time would be for the quarterbacks. You and I will maybe hit on it and we'll give our predictions for how long each of those guys will play. But right off the bat, that's the first thing. What does Trey Lance look like? And you, met, you hit the nail on the head. There'll be overreactions. The overreactions will range from... They should have taken Justin Fields all the way down to uh, he's going to be an MVP this season and he's going to start week one. So they'll range everywhere, but he'll probably go up against the Chiefs' second team defense. So there's something to be, you know, grain of salt there, of course. Second thing I'm looking forward to is I'm guessing Mahomes is going to play a series probably. I don't know if uh, Andy Reid made a comment on it, but if he does, I'm fascinated to watch how he looks up against the 49ers defensive line. Um which should be, you know, a healthy unit come come Saturday. So I'm fascinated to see how that plays out. Those are probably the two things I'm looking forward to. Um, obviously, these preseason games, on in theory and on paper, they sound super fun and you're excited going into them. And then you watch like a half and you're exhausted. And, you know, it's a lot of bottom of the roster guys that are playing in the second half. So more interesting than it sounds. But football's back. 49ers are back on the TV. So. Uh, yeah, looking forward to those two things. What about you? Yeah, we're. I imagine we're not going to see you know the same defensive line that we'll see against the Lions. I don't think Nick Bosa is going to play in the preseason at all. So I uh, hate to burst your bubble. For those of you expecting to see number ninety-seven out there, probably not going to happen. Um, I don't even think we'll see D Ford because I mean he has participated in team drills, and when he does, he looks very, very good. But I think they're just going to you know shelf him. 
and Eric Armstead has been battling a groin. Uh, Samson Ebukam hasn't really been out there lately at all. So it'll be so maybe not a healthy defensive line. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'll be uh, a work in progress. But I want to see the running backs and pass protection. I want to see who the third down back is, because when he does catch the ball, like Elijah Mitchell looks like a big mismatch against linebackers. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. And they need to figure out, you know, who's going to protect the quarterback on third downs and who who they can trust out of the backfield. And it, it might be a rookie because that's not um, one of Raheem Mostert's strengths. And Jeff Wilson was that guy. So he's out now. So um, that's a lot. It's going to be a lot on Trey Sermon and Elijah Mitchell's plate. Uh, the other thing that I want to see is just Javon Kinlaw versus Trey Smith, who w- probably would only happen for a series or so, but uh, two big, powerful guys going at it. That's the Chiefs rookie who went on day three, probably should have gone on day two, but the NFL is stupid and they always make mistakes on guys like that. Um, other than that, though, uh, just want to see some of the young guys, like the young linebackers that have been playing really well, like Jonas Griffith, and to see if the receivers, the hype train of Trent Sherfield, um, whatever Actually, we get out of Muhammad Sanu. Yeah, to see if uh to see if what we have been seeing at practice actually holds true in the games. And of course, how much they run Trey Lance. I think that'll be interesting to see whether Kyle Shannon goes out of his way to make teams prepare for a running game like Trey Lance. And it's probably not gonna be anything. Um, too deep it'll, it'll be, be something as simple yeah, yeah like a, a zone reader a, a qb counter up the middle something like that but how often trey lance runs and then you know what he shows as far as like the rpos and simple drop back but do you think we're gonna see him for a quarter and a half is that probably about right for lance yeah let's do the division so i do think jimmy garoppolo plays i think he starts i think he gets a series probably assuming hopefully that goes more than just like three plays then I think Trey Lance gets the rest of the half. So quarter and a half, like you said. Then second half, you bring in Nate Sudfeld, who I think has shown enough to be the third quarterback over Josh Rosen. And they probably just each get a quarter quarter, whether that's a couple series, whatever that works out to be. Um, but yeah, I'm I I don't even like is any fan really excited to watch Nate Sudfeld and Josh Rosen? I think they all they care about is watching Garoppolo and uh Trey Lance. In the weirdest way, people still are still love Rosen. Like they still want him to be that guy. Still want him to be the rookie who was drafted in the first round. I can tell you one thing: he is not that guy. He loves to stare down receivers, man. So when it came out that he threw a fifty-yard touchdown pass uh, the other day at practice, it's like mind blown. Where does this guy, um, even a garbage can, gets a stake? Honestly, because he has been. Not good at practice, but I hope that changes, man. I hope he does make it. So that'd be a good story. Um, I am not holding my breath on that one, though. But uh, that should do it for us. Is there anything that we hit on that we we missed? I think we got everything covered. The biggest thing I think to look forward to is if Kyle Shanahan does talk about the playing time for the quarterbacks and who will not be suiting up on Saturday, because that that usually happens later in the week whenever he speaks. I don't think he's speaking on Wednesday probably later in the week either thursday or friday he'll speak before the game and we'll get it we'll get a glimpse for that but yeah i think we had everything as always we appreciate everyone for listening uh do subscribe to the niners nation podcast network wherever you listen whether that's apple spotify stitcher whatever uh go ahead and rate us five stars drop us a review comment question anything 
we do appreciate you guys for listening especially as the season kicks off here soon uh kp where can they find you on social you can find me at kp underscore show on the twitters and how about yourself find me at a-k-a-s-h-a-n-a-v on the twitters and we'll be more active kind of as the season kicks off here uh dropping some stats and facts and video and all that fun stuff so stats and facts baby stats and facts yeah just like our producer stats on fire uh as always appreciate you for listening and go niners